Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Mickey broke the record at Camp Benny's on oysters, about however many you can eat. Captain Mickey has been guiding the Texas Gulf Coast waters for over 40 years, and along with winning numerous national and local tournaments, Captain Mickey was recently inducted into the Saltwater Legends Hall of Fame. Now, the reason I broke the record is I don't think I had enough money in my pocket to pay for all of them. Because if you break the record, everybody with you eats free. Now here's your host, Captain Mickey. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on this Friday morning. It's hour number two already, and uh, a lot of fog out there in a lot of areas, so uh, be safe this morning. If you're pulling a boat or just driving in it, period, just uh, slow it down and watch out. Winds are down, and uh, a lot of fog. They are calling for some more rounds of rain today, but we shall see. Nothing on radar yet, but uh, let's go up to Lake Houston and check in with old Mr. John Little this morning. John, what's up, man? Oh, not too much, Mickey. I don't know what the heck happened. My Bluetooth did pick up this morning. Well. But, oh, well. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's clear and clean. All right. Well, the weather ain't. Uh, I mean, you know, I came across the lake a minute ago and uh, it's pretty daggum foggy out here. I got to run down to Louisiana and check on some stuff this morning, and uh, it's pretty foggy, like you said. So, well, I'm uh, heading down through the. I, I take the back way sometimes, you know, go down Highway 90 over to Beaumont, and you know the. It, you get out here in some of these little bit more low-lying areas, it's, it, it's pretty daggum foggy. But, oh, well. I know if you were going to go out on the lake this morning and fish, you might have to wait a while before you could run around because when I came across, it was, I, I mean, it was socked in pretty good. So. Yeah, all that rain, man, and it uh, you know these warm temperatures that we have right now—that's just something we deal with this time of year, especially after a rain event. And then, then we'll yeah. start pulling these southerlies with warm weather, and you'll get you a lot of fog with that water temperature as cool as it is. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at 68 degrees in my truck. Yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's nice outside this morning. Yeah, it's damp, it's yeah. wet, but it's uh, warm. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. No, I, man, Mickey. This week, I, I talked to one guy, and he said he caught three bass, three black bass. Yeah. He caught five white bass, and he caught. He said he said he thinks he caught six or eight catfish. 
but none of them were big enough to keep. I'll be darned. Uh, yeah, yeah. Even the catfish, he said, you know, like I said, he said, there was, he said, the, not, there was not a keeper in anything he caught. Everything was small. So, uh, but, uh, you know, it's just, I, I don't know, it's just that time of year, I guess, you know, but uh, I hadn't got that mad at him yet. We're still trying to hunt and, you know, seeing a few deer, but just nothing to, nothing worth shooting, you know, uh, and I, <clears throat> I was talking to a guy last night and he was, we were talking about hunting and he'd asked if my granddaughter had killed anything. I said, no, we just hadn't shot anything, you know, and I, I mean, I ain't going to go out there and just let her shoot, you know, anything that walks, you know, even right. though it's legal, you know, uh, you know, you got to, Got to teach these kids a few things these days, you know, to sure. You know, don't just go out there and shoot up the world, you know, just because it's a young two-year-old and barely legal and, you know, just kill it. No, we, you know, we don't, we don't do that. I don't. Right. But I mean, I know there's some that do, but, and. Yeah, but I'm people are wising up, you know, just like our fishing, people are wising up to that on conservation and. And and that's what hunting and fishing is. It's conservation. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, it. Uh, I mean, there's if you're hunting an area that's got plenty of deer, sooner or later, mature deer is going to come that you want to harvest. You know, he's oh yeah. He's already he's already done his deal, and uh, it's time to move on and let the young guys move in and take over. Kind of like fishing guys. Right. Old guys right. kind of move over and let these new young bucks come take over. Get on with. Yeah. It. Yeah. Show us what yeah. you got. We love it. Yeah. I know it. I know it. Yeah. You know, y'all been talking about changes and, you know, stuff and, you know, the the limits and size and when to, you know, when you can catch what and all that. I, you know, I was thinking back. We haven't had a whole lot of changes, very few here in the last several years on the you know, the freshwater side, you know, it just, I mean. Well, y'all got y'all's act together 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Hey, remember, um, remember back in the day? I mean, it was hard to catch a limit of bass. I mean, the, these lakes were suffering. Right, and, right. Uh, then, Even, came, then came catch and release and live weigh-ins and tournaments and everything. And, it. I mean, yeah. the bass industry has just exploded from that. Yeah. Well, that's what hurt. Like Houston, even oh seven, eight, ten years ago, you know, and uh, you know, and, and a lot of the fish care, and you know, they were doing tournaments, but man, they they'd have a big fish fry after the tournament, you know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, now I mean, well, you know, with like all the other stuff, even you get penalized for dead fish. And, Try to take care of them and and all this and uh, you know yeah it and a lot of people remember that they and they don't come back to the lake because man they you know they fished it back then and you know just didn't uh, you know didn't do well and you know once you go one or two times and you don't do well then you tend not to want to go back there. Uh, yeah, you know, if you don't take care of the lake or the specific bay or 
whatever you're fishing, it's just going to turn into a gar hole. You got to take care yep. of it. Yeah, yeah. We got in with uh, Texas Parks and Wildlife there, and, and got in with uh, uh, restocking out there, and oh, I don't remember how many hundreds, you know, of uh, uh, those little fingerlings that we put in. We did it for three years in a row. Right. And, you know, thousands and thousands of those things. And those little Florida strain bass, and man, you know, that that helped tremendously. Tremendously, you know. So, but, uh, you know, the, I, I didn't even look at the water or anything, Mickey, but I'm sure the water is off color. Well, you got to be able to see it. It's hard to see it in the fog, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, normally, normally I'll go down there one or two days a week and just hang around the mm-hmm. boat ramp, and, you know, talk to people, and and uh, I, I didn't even do that this week. I, I just, right. you know, it is the weather wasn't right. I wasn't going, and uh, you know, I've still been working on gear and. You know, I know we talked about reels and line and stuff last week, but, you know, I, like a lot of my topwater stuff, especially in crankbaits, man, I change all my hooks, you know, at least, you know, two or three times throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you you don't think about it, and I've had this happen before to me. Uh, you know, you catch, you start catching those fish on those crankbaits, and you have to take needle nose a lot of times and bend them hooks around and pop them out of their mouth and all that, you know, that just weakens those hooks. And, uh, you know, you need to, you need to change those. Like I said, I, I change mine quite often, uh, you know, but, uh, you never know that one fish you lose or, you know, or, or break a, you know, a, a barb off of the hook or something, you know, that can cost you some money. So, right. In tournaments. So, yeah, well, but, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty adamant about that. You know, I, I like my equipment to be good and line to be good and hooks and anything else. That's pretty much on me, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I let it come off or it jumps off or whatever. That's, you know, that's, that's my fault. So, but, um, no, I'm, I'm getting stuff ready, you know, in the meantime, and just, you know, I am working on my schedule. I heard Tommy talking about, you know, scheduling. I, I'm up, uh, I think 17, I know I'm 17 tournaments for next year so 17 yeah right, right. <laughs> you're <I'm> sick so. <laughs> man <laughs> well it, you can't know, get it out of your blood john <laughs> no i know it i know it, it it's um you know it just is what it is that's what i love to do I hey mean, just look at those guys on you know flw and bass and all that i mean how many how many tournaments do they fish a year i mean they're like the pga tour they got to be doing 35 oh, yeah. or 40 huh Right, they they're doing a bunch. Uh, I had talked to that'll some make of the a guys. werewolf out of you, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, a lot of them, you know, the major league fishing and all that. It, yeah, you know, that's a job. It, yeah, it, it is. You know, it is. I, you know, I haven't done the major league fishing, but I run that tournament trail 
for years and uh, I mean, it's like riding a rodeo, you know, you leave one state and go to another one and go to another one and, you know, before you know it, you're two weeks out. Right. You know, so, <laughs> you know uh, as long as you're doing good, you got to keep on that roll, though, to, you know, keep it going. But, right. Yeah. But no, it's, you know, we're, we're uh, gearing up, getting ready, getting the boat ready, getting tackle ready, and... <clears throat> we start the second week of January, so you know we got right around the our, corner. Yeah, yeah, it will be. Yeah, bass season. Yeah. yeah, I'm fixing to be off for three weeks. So, are you? Uh, cool. Yeah, I got a bunch of time. I got to take off, or it builds up. If you don't take it off, you lose it. That's right. So, yeah. use it or so lose I'm it. Take off take off and go start pre-fishing a little bit and see what I can find out there. So, but, uh, no, it's all, it's all good, but we'll, uh, you know, we'll get it going here. Well, I hope you get your granddaughter on a good buck, man. Just keep trying. Yeah. You've got plenty of time. Yeah. I'm going by a big old train here. At I, I heard that. I heard that train horn. <laughs> thought it was another truck honking at you some of these guys no, got those no, train horns under the hood that'll that'll wake yeah. the dead <laughs> yeah you probably know it i've i've had a couple of those that like oh my god scared you to death i'm telling you yeah. that's loud yeah. all right john well i gotta run my friend if somebody okay. wants to call you give me your number out and see if somebody sure, wants to give you, give you a shout yeah they can call me on my cell 281-222-8544 just All give right, me a Mr. Call. Littleton. Hey, you have a All good right. weekend. Be safe driving right. this mess. All right, buddy. All right. All right. All right. All right. It's time for another break already. You're listening to the Outdoor Show. We'll be right back. Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. My Maria. Don't you know I've come along long? Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right, it's 520 here on a Friday morning, first day of December. All right, let's run down to Tech City and check in with our good friend David Fremont. I'll just call him Tech City Dave. He's the man. Dave, what's up, bud? Good morning, Captain Mickey. How you doing? I'm doing just fine. Good. It was a... A slow ride into Texas City from League City with that fog. A little froggy down that way. Boy, it was on, on T-Bay, me coming in this morning it, to the it, studio. It, it was quite foggy. I uh, was pretty solid all the way until I actually got into Texas City and got closer to the dock. I thought as I'd get closer to the coast, it was even going to get worse. And it did at times. uh as I made my ride out to the end of the dike, it was, there was times when the visibility was down to about one port can maybe two. One port can <laughs> Yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty foggy in spots. And, uh, man, it's, you know how some of those nights, uh, the animals are out with well, those feral cats are all over the place on that bike this morning. They're all over them granite rocks and, I guess they're out there trying to see also. I don't know, but boy, there's a lot of feral cats. And I've seen a dead possum. There's just all kind of critters out there. 
Nocturnal but, animals uh, were out. I saw the same this morning. A lot of cats. I mean, it's just nobody ever talks about that. Spay or neuter your animals. Yeah. Oh, uh, I got some crazy laws. I'll tell you that things have changed. Well, what well, hadn't changed in terms of laws, but now they, man, they'll, uh, they'll nail you if you do anything to them cats besides feed them and pet them. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. But, uh, now it's, uh, you call the dog pound in our area and they tell you to get, catch the cat yourself, take it down and have it neutered and then put it back. Yeah. It's your experience. Crazy. <laughs> Animal control is not what it seems. No, it ain't nothing like it used to be, but not much is. But it's uh, it's always kind of eerie looking out here. Eerie looking out here with this fog, Mickey. It just uh, at times it'll just be a blanket. You can almost reach reach up and touch the cloud, and other times it just drops right on down and just and covers everything. It it makes me wonder, you know. Back before the dike was built, and uh, from what I've read, somewhere around 1912, 1913, this was a this was a, a busy little area for the uh, for the army. They had about ten thousand soldiers stationed right here where the where the dike is, up and down the what we call Bay Street now. But they uh, they had a a massive setup. And uh, they had everything from uh, dirigibles, some blimps, and uh, and I think it was the, f- the first uh, Army Air Corps set up down here. And it was all geared up to uh, take care of old Santa Ana as he was having a little uprising down, down south a bit. Right. But I could just imagine how miserable it must have been. Even like on these foggy nights after a all-day rain, soaking rain, they were in some pretty pretty primitive tenting, you know, tents and stuff for barracks back then. And the mosquitoes and just about (laughs) er, everything else you can think of, you know, it was just, uh, just, just, I'm sure it was measurable and uh, just a, just a mess. But uh, anyway, I think it was some year was the dike completed. Well, it it was like, I don't really have an accurate answer for you, but I'm going to say that by the 30s and the mid-30s or so, they had already made, you know, the original dike was just uh, an idea. And then it turned into some timbers and and sod was laid down. And then every time a little storm or anything had happened, they'd wash it away and they'd go back and try something else. They ended up adding car bodies and, and... all kind of stuff rubble, to try to, yeah. yeah, all kind of, then they, like you said, they went into rock and rubble and all that stuff. And then, uh, somebody got the big idea. There was a, a Colonel Moore in Texas city and he was a founding father. And, uh, his wife was active from what I read into, uh, getting legislature and trying to get some money to get, uh, the dike built uh, better because it was all about commerce. They wanted to be able to, keep that channel uh, open to where they could get more and more uh, shipping into Texas right. City. And it was all in the very early stages. But, um, yeah, I'm going to say it was in the in the mid to 
late 30s before they really got anything measurable and when when they were when it was built enough where you could drive out on it i'm not even sure but i'm sure it was probably on into the early 40s or so it might have been after world war ii i don't know i know there was already a road as far back as i can remember which is only yeah, like yeah i mean my, it's been there ever since i was a kid yeah i mean we'd yeah. go down there and fish when i was a kid so it's it's been around a long time when i was four or five years old you could drive out i remember my dad piling us up and and they we would go out maybe about oh maybe about four miles and uh from there you'd have to stop but there was still a lot of rock like you say rubble mm-hmm. and stuff and and uh I'd sit because I was too little to go out and much further uh, safely, and I'd sit and fish right there and by the by the truck. And uh, my uncles and dad and big brother, they'd go further out, and they would actually go from there and then wade out. And right. uh, oh, oh, I can remember some days of catching some nice fish. They oh, they would man, come back. They'd you. come back just come back loaded up with some arm length trout and and reds, but. Big old specs, yes, sir. Yeah, but they um they just kept on and and keep on. You know, every time we get a bad storm or something, they'll have to shut it down for a bit and put some more roadbed down and such. But um, I, I well, can't you know, remember it's amazing them. that how they built the seawall and built the dike and the jetties and all that with not a tenth of the equipment and the technology and everything we have today. And then you watch them spend four and five years on a road project it just blows your yeah. mind I, I, milking, I, that, I, <laughs> milking those I, jobs for all they can get out of them i rate i rate that from what you just mentioned with the jetties and and the dike and the ferry landing uh yeah all, all all of the granite that they imported that they brought in and i'm sure it was by rail car um just amazing. I rate it right up there with the uh, with the pyramids, pyramids. in Egypt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, they didn't have the technology and equipment and everything, and they but they got it done, and they got it done quick. The manpower was unbelievable back then. Yeah, and 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 the way all all the little which don't matter to most people who go out there and fish, and they're yeah. going to be more careful careful about busting their tail on those granite rocks than how they were sculpted but they're all cut so well too most all of them are nice big square to horizontal mm-hmm. chunks and uh and then they lined them up you know over the years they shift and move around and such but but for the most part they still are in are in pretty good shape anyway it's all interesting to me but i i just can remember it as far back as i can remember but it's uh it is what it is it's the old texas city dyke and uh a little bit it's, of history uh, down there just a bit it, it's provided a lot of fishing for folks, and uh, it has. But uh, biggest still a, fishing pier in the world. Yeah, still a couple of bait camps that's hanging on. Uh, yeah, how about boys, Ice. man? How's your uh, how's your bait situation and seafood and all that? Are y'all rolling them up down there at Boyd's? Well, it's, I'll tell you what, it's a little slim pickings on live shrimp, but that's understandable because I doubt they had anybody coming in or shrimping uh, right. yesterday, but they'll probably have somebody out there because it's it's limp city on the flags right now. I mean, there is absolutely no wind, and the water is, water is high still. You know, they had that big high tide and then all that rain, and uh, from what I understand, Galveston uh, had, some, uh, had some flooding over there also. Uh, 
the, the road back there off the strand and such. But uh, right. we're looking good. Uh, we've got some live shrimp, and uh, we've got plenty of uh, finger mullet from what I saw as I walked by the bait tanks. Um, all the daggone uh, tackle that you could imagine or want. And they got a big sale going on right now. It's been going on all week, and I, and I think it's going to last all the way up into the first or second week of December. But as much as seventy five percent off on a lot of different tackle items. So uh, just come in and look at the tags and talk to the folks there. And if you want to get some early Christmas gifts, now's the time to do it. I think we're making uh, Wal- uh, Walmart and Academy shiver in their boots with these prices. It's <laughs> unbelievable. But uh, on the uh, seafood front, nine twelve shrimp, mm-mm, that's some good stuff. And then yes, we sir. probably got six, 16, 20 tails. And the grill, uh, man, they were cooking gumbo a couple of days this week. Oh, I don't know what's boy. on the menu today, but uh, give them a call and check them out. Look at us on uh, Facebook. 227 Dyke Road, 409-945-4001, Mickey. That's a mouthful. Man, that was fast. We still got a few minutes to talk. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Well, let me back up. Let me tell yeah. you about the Texas City Dyke. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but, uh, no, that's a good deal. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, it's just been uh, it's been slow, as it always is. You know, the uh, you cats that get out there and chase those trout down, this is the time to do it. It's a good time of the year. If you're going to do it uh, using the Texas City Dyke, I suggest that you put your waders on and, and – uh, and trolls the skyline drive along the rock line there in the early mornings. Mm-hmm. Uh, any pre-front, you got a little old weak front, which seems like that's all we get anymore. But you get out there a little ahead of one of those fronts, and uh, if you got that barometric pressure figured out, I don't. But if you get out there a little early, sometimes uh, you can knock you out some real nice speckled trout, and usually there'll be a slop rut or two around there. The flounder will probably be all over you right now because they know you got to let them go. Oh, but, sure. Hey. Yeah. <clears throat> In two weeks, it's not going to be that way. So, you know, as warm as it's been and the water temperature, uh, there could be some nice flounder that don't make their way, the big females, all the way out uh, to spawn. So you might be able to pick up one or two. They've got it all figured out. But I think uh, it might have been a trickle, slow migration uh, this time. I've been talking to some of the fellows that's been doing catch, photograph, and release, and uh They've had some good days, uh, but it seems like overall, from what I'm talking about, it it may be a, a slower outgoing migration this time. So we'll just wait and see. We'll Hope start seeing is, stuff. Uh, you know, all the good flounder fishermen that wait all year for this can get, you know, can get them yeah. a week or two of really good fishing before they exit, you know. Well, come December 15th, I think uh, a lot of them will be out there uh, ready to give it a go. And hey, It's like Log said the uh, other day when I talked to him on on the show, said uh, come December 15th, you better get off of 146 and I-45 because <laughs> here they come. He said it's going to be unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. Well, Boyd just be glad to hear that. But, um I think um, the finger mullet will probably uh, know that their time is up in terms of they better shag out of here. Yeah, their but... days are numbered right now. <laughs> <laughs> They're looking over their shoulders already. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe it'll be a, maybe we'll get a good week or two uh, before uh, winter sets in. If it sets in, we'll see what happens. Oh, well, all right, Dave. Well, hey, buddy. 
It's always a pleasure talking to you. If somebody wants to uh, come down, give them that number again down at Boyd's One Stop. Sure. Yeah, give us a call. They got they, Boyd's has gotten all fancified. You know, they got a, yeah. a recording now. You can call that number, 409-945-4001. If you want to talk to somebody, you don't want to hear no recording. You want somebody, you want somebody alive, and you can wake them up by punching number two. You hit the two button on your phone, and right. and that'll ring up, ring them right there at the counter, and they'll uh, they'll be happy to help you with anything. Then there's a menu on everything from getting a hold of uh, the grill or uh, talking to just about anybody there. But uh, just come on down to Texas City and hit Bay Street, and then turn on Dyke Road, and we're right on the right hand side. And uh, looking forward to seeing you. I hope anybody that goes out today is careful because uh, unless the fog decides to clear up on its own here pretty quick, uh, it'll be an interesting trip to get here and even more interesting in terms of your fishing pleasures uh, if you're going out in a boat. If you're going out in a boat, like you mentioned earlier, you're going to need your horn, you're going to need just all your safety gear to to go out there and, and do it right. But I imagine some fish are waiting for you, so come see us at Boyd's and then uh, get out there and have some fun. All right, Dave. Have a good weekend. Good talking to you, bud. Oh, good to uh, talk to you, Mickey. I'm sorry I bailed out last Friday, but I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. We did, too. We just had some things going on. and But uh, thank you for letting me stop in this morning. Looking forward to doing it again. You're mighty welcome. My pleasure. See you, buddy. Take, Take care. care. All right, that's Texas City Dave down at Boyd's One Stop at the Texas City Dyke. We know folks, Texan Roofing, they're the people I trust. Texan Roofing covers Houston and surrounding areas, and Texan Roofing has free estimates on any roof leak repair or replacement. And Texan Roofing has the Better Business Bureau A-plus rating with no complaints ever, and they're certified to give the best leak-free warranties in the business. And Texan Roofing's found... You know, the majority of jobs they do, they offer the lower price and beat the competition's quality and warranty. Along with their honest roof inspections, A-plus management, these are reasons to call Texan Roofing. And when you do, tell them you heard about it here on the Outdoor Show. And Tim and all his staff, they'll work direct directly with you and uh, do a superior job. You can actually talk hunting and fishing with them. They're outdoorsmen like we are. Call Texan Roofing at 281-391-9600. That's 281 281- Three nine one ninety six hundred or texanroofing.com. And please tell them Captain Mickey sent you. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right. 539 here in the Bayou City. Let's go down to G-Town. Let's check in with Captain Steve Hillman this morning. Stevie, what's up? Good morning. How's it hey, going? man. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Boy, I tell you, you ought to be. You got something new and nice to look forward to. <laughs> Fresh, new, rigged out whaler. Boy, that thing looks good, man. That's yeah. A, it's, that boat looks magnificent. It's nice to have some something all new and shiny in your life that's <laughs> yeah <laughs> that uh that's well, all i that's, got well you worked hard all year it's very rewarding it cost you a lot of money but hey you know that's <laughs> what you do for a living you might as well have something nice to fish out of today's the maiden maiden voyage 
Atta boy. Nice foggy weather for you. Yeah, I'm going to head out and probably go out to Boom Bang or the Flower Garden or something give it a real <laughs> test drive. <laughs> but, no, they did a great job. Uh, had uh, Robert Choates and them basically do a kind of a soft refurbish on it. Didn't need a lot, but did a lot of uh, just cosmetic stuff. And, and uh, this knucklehead just pulled right out in front of me. Good God, man. Um and then, uh, well, Brandon Harper over there at Safe Floor uh, had them do the floor. I've never had a Safe Floor in, the boat, in a boat, but Boy, man, I tell good. you what, it, God, it looks, looks nice. good, feels good, yeah. So you're gonna like it. It's gonna save a lot of lot of uh, Comet and Clorox time. That's what I hear. You know, you I've talked to you at, at length about it, and uh, I have a lot of buddies that have them. Didn't didn't really get any negative feedback at all. I did no. a lot of research, a lot of research on on that, and then all the other different types of marine flooring out there, and uh, talked to a lot of people. And, and I tell you, uh, price is very reasonable and it's durable. Service is unbelievable. I mean, I I sound like I'm doing a commercial, but it's it's true. <laughs> Stuff's no, pretty they- cool, but. Safe Floor has always been a supporter of the outdoor show, and you know me and old Ed Harper, they, we were good yeah. friends over the all them years. And then Brandon, yep. his son, is they don't they don't come any better, and they they put out a great product. I I mean, Brandon did my boat fifteen years ago, and it really? still looks really good, no issues at all with it. You know, you said Ed. I didn't even put the. I didn't make the connection until you we said his it, first name. I, yeah, Ed Harper. Yeah. yeah, we called him Old I Ed. I knew him. Old Ed. I actually, I actually knew him. I, I, man, I don't know why I didn't make that connection. But uh, he but loved no, just, chasing, just, chasing them triple tail. Man, he's a hell of a triple tail fisherman. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Uh, anyways, I haven't fished much. Uh, I was at the ranch for five days. I've only came back Sunday night, and I've been so busy with other stuff. Uh, Monday was a scheduled day off for me. That was the, the day we were originally supposed to drive back, but we came back a day early so I could switch, you know, go pick up the boat, drop it off. You, another one tried to pull out in front of me. Man, these people aren't paying attention. No, nah, um, everybody's in their own world these days. you God, you got to watch out man. for the other guy. If, you, if you're like them, you'll end up dead on the side of the road like I'm them. I'm telling you. It's just crazy, it's, it's, man. It's like, it's like going fishing on Galveston Bay, man. It's combat style. <laughs> combat but, style. Uh, but no. Bird busting. Uh, Let's bust them birds, baby. <laughs> oh, God. I saw that the other day, man. Oh, you sent me that video. I oh, just cracked right. up laughing. It. I sent it to you and Bob. I, I mean, it was, he actually did it two or three no, times. No, man, we're let's inch this guy out. Instead of putting our troll motor down and going there real nice and easy and catching 50, let's just bust in there and get about four or five and move on. I mean, that's, well, that's the, what it is. No, they don't even get four or five because here's, <laughs> here's the deal. I actually, I actually messed with those birds about an hour before that knucklehead showed up. And, uh, we were just drifting. We were catching some nice trout, just drifting and, and I had two or three groups of groups of birds that I could see working, you know, within, well, I don't know what, five, 600 yards. And, yeah. And, uh, and that one particular group, they're all bull reds, Yeah. no little trout, no sand trout, no slot reds. They're all giant red. I hit them the other day. I caught a 42 inch red out of them, My gosh. but I had, 
I had my cousin in from East Texas and his son and uh, Galen and Candon, and, and I wanted to get Candon, the kid, on, on one of those bull reds. So I, I went over there, and I messed with them, and, and I made a couple casts. Of course, I hooked one of the damn things, and, and uh, I just I thumbed it and tried to break my line, and it pulled out. But I never could they, – they were so skittish. And maybe that is the right way to do them sometimes, you know, the John Wayne Rambo stuff. Well, but, sometimes if they're running so fast you can't get them with a trolling motor, yeah, that's that's the approach if you want to hook yeah. one. But uh, but these were skittish, man. They were so skittish. Well, that you might be why because they've been anyway. run over so much and Rambo Probably. Probably. Like old but John Wayne here. kicking the door down to the saloon. Let's go in there and get all of them. That's it. But that was here in Galveston. I haven't been in Matagorda in a couple of weeks, and uh, and you know you you see that in Matagorda all the time. Those guys, they might as well not even own a trolling motor down there. Yeah, I mean they just they slam right into everything down there, and <laughs> the birds. But uh, <laughs> but but anyway, it was it was funny. We we're watching this guy, and he never they they went down immediately. But uh, whatever. But no, I haven't. I haven't hardly fished. I uh, Monday, like I said, I did all the boat swapping stuff, and then uh, and then uh, Tuesday I had uh, had a Matagorda trip, and it canceled. And I think it would have been decent. I don't know, but uh, regular guy, real good customer. His buddies backed out on him last minute. That seems to be the the common theme with some of my people lately. And so Tuesday I didn't. Uh, I didn't didn't go fishing and then yesterday or i'm sorry uh was it wednesday i'm getting my days all jacked up yesterday we're supposed to go back to matagorda and i saw that forecast and we we just i mean i had to I had to make a decision guys were driving down and yeah. that forecast for yesterday did not look very promising no it didn't so there was a little wind we, uh, in the morning it was still slamming you know and, and drizzly yeah. and all that but uh boy when that rain finally kicked in, it did. Man, it comes. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think there was a, a much of a window. I don't know. I, I looked at the radar quite a bit and the wind, and but I think if I'd have been fishing in Galveston, it wouldn't have been a problem. I, yeah. But here's the deal. I mean, when I say it wouldn't have been a problem, we could go out there with three guys if they wanted to keep their stupid fifteen trout. Then we could have done that two hours. Yeah. But man, you gonna. I don't know. I mean, if it's my hard-earned money, yeah, you can't make a day of it. Eight hundred, eight hundred dollars to right. fish for two or three hours, so I can get me a bag of fillets. I don't know. I don't know. That's just, mm, it wouldn't really be my my gig. But if I was a paying customer, but but right. on the flip side, on the flip side, we do this for a living, and and uh, you know, sometimes you got to go. I get it. But it, it just—it was a risky proposition for 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 down there. I didn't want to make that drive. Neither did the guys. Based, I mean, hey, based I'm, on I'm with that, you. yeah, it was a doom and gloom deal on the forecast. But <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> oh my god! I, Hell, you know, I got I, the I, rain. I just didn't get it, get the wind and the tornadoes they were calling for. Thank goodness for well, that. Well, I I almost had a tornado at my house when I was out. You know, we got a bunch of leaves falling in the driveway, and when I was out messing with my boat yesterday, I. I pulled my phone out. I was going to take a video, but it it, uh, it stopped right when I pulled my phone out. Had one of those little those little uh, 
like a dust, dust devil. bunnies, yeah, little dust, dust, yeah, dust devils or whatever. <laughs> but it was leaves. It was in my driveway. It was about the size of a fifty-five gallon drum. It just little leaves turning in a circle. I was going to have walked it. over there and got in the middle of it. <laughs> that's but what that's we used to do up in, in uh, Grosbeck when I was a kid. Those little dust devils and be running around we'd all run out there and get in them we yeah. were kids <laughs> it was funny though i'm like that's hopefully that's the closest thing we get to a tornado today yeah no joke oh i got no, a text I, that came in for you said since you yeah. got old hillman on this morning asking what his assessment is of the oyster closers closures it, it's very i mean i hate to say it but i, mean, I it's, it's predictable it. right <laughs> It really, at this point, at this point, you know, it just, uh, what are we right at a month into the season? The public reef season started November 1st. And, right. uh, of course, I think less than half the areas were even open to start the season. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, out of exactly. 28, uh, areas, oyster areas on the coast, only eight of them were open at the beginning of, uh, yeah. public season. And now only six are open. Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's bad. I mean, it's a long discussion, but what's going to happen in the, what's going to happen in the oyster industry is we're going to go back to what it was 60, 70 years ago where oyster, the, the, uh, oyster fishery is going to be, it's going to shrink down to so much that we're, the restaurants are going to be, they're going to be very expensive. They're already expensive, but we're going to go back to more boutique style where Uh you get, half a dozen oysters for $25 and they're, they're not just, they're not Gulf oysters. They're, they're Elm Grove oysters or they're Smith point oysters. They call them Appalachians. That's where they name the oysters for the area from which they're harvested. And that, that started on the East coast years ago. And we used to, we used to have it here, um, before, before the Chesapeake and and the Eastern seaboard, all the, all their beds, uh, met their demise from over harvesting pollution, things like that. And then that's what put the Gulf coast on the map. And we went right. from a boutique style to shipping truckloads up there. And then oysters turned into a commodity. Well, those days are gone. There's the days of shipping six and eight truckloads. They're done. It's, it's, well, I remember that branding, you know, like the Elm Grove and the pepper grove right. oysters and all that. And that mm-hmm. was, that was pretty cool. That's it. But, uh, Anyway, oh, well. I thought I'd just ask you had a text about it. It's, you know, it yeah. is what it is. No, it's, it's sad. It's dying breed. But no, fishing was good. The only day I fished like was fishing gads. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But uh, Wednesday we fished and it was just steady. It wasn't crazy. I mean, I, we had a couple couple double hookups, but it was it was decent fishing. And yeah. the fish were just, they're pretty solid. 17 to, to 19 inch were the legal fish. Not hardly mm-hmm. any throwbacks. Uh, we're not catching as many little fish as we were in the last few weeks. Yeah, that's what James every- said yesterday morning. Oh, Same really? Thing. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. But yeah. everything on worms, everything on soft plastics, I haven't even tried a hard bait. Uh, I made today. I've got Haley Matthews and Chris Sizemore. And those guys are studs. Oh, you I got fish, a good crew. So yeah. I do. I do. So we'll see what happens, man. Well, I'm ready to get back tell, in the groove. Tell Haley to leave some for seed out there. <laughs> oh, he does. He, dri- he, he drives down from uh, from New Braunfels. He'll half the time these guys don't even keep anything. So right. Yeah. Oh well. Well, have a good right, time, buddy. Well, I'm running out of time. As you know, I'm on the clock, man. If uh, 
somebody wants to give you a call, Steve, and, and go out in your fresh new rig, man, I, 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 I think it's really nice looking. Give them a number, bud. All right, man, 409-256-7937. And they might actually catch a fish with you, too. How about that? I don't know about that, man. That's uh, catching fish better. is a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, Steve, you have All a good right, day. Man. Be safe. Watch that old fog, brother. All right, man. Thanks, Mickey. Later, man. All right. That's Captain Steve Hillman down in Galveston. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today's show, but we'll be back in the morning bright and early, 4 a.m. right here at Sports Radio 610 KILT Houston. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.